This episode of Actors with Issues is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, visit audibletrial.com actors. Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is Clay Rice Thompson, a Broadway actor, singer, dancer, and choreographer who has performed in the Broadway productions of Newsies, Matilda the Musical, and King Kong. Clay talks to us about his experience booking his first national tour at age 12, having to leave college early when he booked West Side Story, and the advice that he has for young actors seeking a career in performing. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Clay Rice Thompson. Clay, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Of course, I figure most actors have a little extra time on their hands. Absolutely, we do. (laughs) Anything. uh, So have you been um, adjusting to um, the state of the world and uh, where our business uh, currently stands? Yeah, I mean, I I was on the national tour of Jesus Christ Superstar when everything shut down. Mm. Um, and kind of seeing it in like on the TVs uh, around the country of like, this is happening. And we was like, are we going to shut down or are we not going to shut down? And gosh, once it happened, it's been a major shift for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved, I went to Toronto to visit my husband for two months. And then we went to my mom's house for two months. Uh, and now I've been in New York City for a couple of weeks. Um, but it's been nice to teach online. I've gotten to get that creative outlet still going. Um, I've been teaching on Zoom and I've been teaching in person a little bit once I've gotten back to the city, uh, which has been really nice to move again. I definitely definitely took a break from dancing full out for a little bit. <laughs> in the majority or, you know, considering all aspects of the entertainment industry, Broadway has really been sort of hit the most because of how many folks are on stage at one time, how many people are in the audience, Right. Um, ticket sales, things like that, you know, there's no way to really socially distance people on stage or in an right. audience where you can still remain profitable. Um, right. You know, you can't take a venue of 1200 people and say, okay, one third capacity. Cause you're like, how are we supposed to like, the show's not going to, you know, it just won't survive. Absolutely. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, the they've announced that shows are basically not able to open until like early 2021, which is just devastating yeah. for for New York City, especially because so much of the tourism comes through um, for oh, for theater and things like that. Um, I like to ask my guests if there's anything that they hope that the industry changes going forward that they maybe didn't do such a great job of doing before. One thing I definitely would love a little shift with is auditions, uh, mm. dance auditions and equity chorus calls. So packing that many people into rooms is not going to happen for a little bit. So I, I hope that they are thinking of new ways to see people, not only equity people, but getting to see all non-equity people without having to pack everybody into a, a room at Ripley Greer. I hope that they're like brainstorming right now. Yeah, that's something that, you know, as if we don't have audition anxiety already. Right. Uh, the added <laughs> the added stress of having so many people all around you and it basically being impossible to sort of stay within six feet and right. wear a mask. Can they see my big expression and my smile? <laughs> like, no, probably not. Right. Um, 
So uh, let's go back a little bit, though, uh, to uh, chat about you and how you sort of um, got started in performing. You had sort of a bit more of the traditional route. You got started very young yeah. um, and, you know, doing community theater and things like that. So when did you know that not only is this a passion of mine, but I want this to be my job? So I, I started out doing gymnastics and I totally thought I was going to be in the Olympics. Right. And that's like all I wanted to do. Um, but then in, I mean, when I was very little, I got into like a community theater production and I just fell in love with everything that was happening on stage. It was a production of Peter Pan and the girl that was playing Peter Pan was flying. And there was a guy that like came down the aisle with like a scooter on his stomach dressed as an alligator. And I thought it was so legit. I thought it was so cool. Um, and I was like, I have to be a part of this somehow. Um, and then when I was 12, I auditioned for the national tour of Oliver mm. and I ended up going on tour for a year. Um, and so doing that, I was like, oh, I can, I can make a living out of this. I can make money mm. and sing and dance at the same time. Like I'm in. Um, so that was really like, like you said, it, I started very, very young. Um, I, I got the, the acting bug and I have stayed ever since funny i did my first show ever at 12 <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's just so funny that you know it's um just because people have different upbringings and and depending where they're growing up the theater sure. scene can be very different um i grew up in connecticut you know an hour and a half away from here yeah um but yeah it's just so mind-blowing to hear i mean we know child actors exist but they always right. seem so far <laughs> flung and away from here it's sure. like oh they're all in hollywood yeah <laughs> um, wow national tour at 12 years old that's yeah insane. what was that it was do, crazy. do you remember much of that experience like what was that like did it seem daunting or was it just like a total like thrill ride and you're just like on adrenaline i mean both so i was actually a swing so mm. if you don't know what a swing is everybody it is i covered all of the people in the ensemble so i covered all 17 kids Jeez. and yeah so that was like the very daunting part about it that i was just like it was my first time swinging it was my first big job um so being responsible to fill in for anybody at any given time was definitely daunting but i got to tour the country as a kid and we had school in hotel like ballrooms um, and we had tutors that traveled around with us. So that it was like not really going to school every day. And then I got to perform at night. So it was so, so cool and definitely like a life-changing experience that I will always appreciate. Yeah, that's, that's insane. That, <laughs> it's just such a, uh, a different sort of experience. Cause I mean, I hear you hear of the same thing with um, when kids are on set, they also have tutors and you right. know, because of education rules and, and, and their union rules and whatnot, they right. like need those tutors. So it's just funny that you were, you know, doing your math and science classes in the morning and then oh, going yeah. to, and also swing, there needs to be a category for like best swing at the Tony <laughs> awards because it That'd is be <laughs> the most daunting thing. Like, Yes, the it's, leads it's are amazing crazy. and that's a whole other like caliber of person. But, you know, to, to be the swing, like, like you were saying, for those who don't know, you're basically understudying the entire ensemble. Right. And you so, have to be ready at any yeah. given moment. I've and been, remember everything. Like, right. I, you have to do like the every dance number, where you're standing, what dance moves you're doing, because they're oftentimes different. Mm -hmm. And then if there's partnering in the number, you have to remember not only how what the choreography for the partnering is, but how the person you're partnering likes to be partnered because mm. it's very different from person to person. 
then you have to remember your harmonies. You have to remember if you have any lines that like little feature lines, all your costume changes backstage, the backstage traffic. It's, it's wild. And like I was saying, you have to be ready at any moment because sometimes you know, like, okay, this person's going on vacation in two months and you can go over that track and be ready. Mm. But then sometimes if somebody gets hurt in the middle of a show, I've gone on several times where it's been the middle of the show and they're like over the loudspeaker, Clay, get ready for this person. Uh, you're on stage in, in the next number. Jesus. So oh. you, there's no time to, to kind of like go over and say like, Oh yeah. What does that person do in this number? You just have to constantly be on top of it. So even though like it, some, yes, sometimes I get to like play Candy Crush backstage. It's like <laughs> a lot of like watching the show from the front of the house and just going over, like picking a track and saying like, okay, I'm going to watch this person today from start to finish and just remember all of the little things that they do. And if, see if anything has changed over time because live theater, things morph a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. And if the person you're going on for has come up with like a new traffic pattern that works better for them, you have to also know that. So it's so again, many moving it's parts, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So many moving parts um, for not to say thankless, but often. Um, oh, absolutely, and, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, um, yeah. Cause you know, it's just, it is so much goodness gracious. I live in such a noisy part of Brooklyn. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, um, you know, can, can often be a very thankless spot and I commend you yeah. and, um, and, and your husband, Chris, has been, you know, the two of you are like total triple threat. So I'm sure he's been oh, a swing gosh, many, you. many a time. Yeah, he's swung. He's on his third time right now. Well, I guess not right now, but when everything shut down, mm -hmm. he's swinging Hamilton. So just 49 oh, okay, numbers, cool. 49 yeah. numbers in that show, swinging six different guys with turntables. That stresses me out. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. I yeah. <laughs> And this I is why, like, I yeah. Imagine doing one track with a turntable, but the way he would like talk about the choreography and the, how the choreography, if you're, they have like contingency plans. If the uh, turntable doesn't work, it just like it just sounds so so stressful. <laughs> yeah, that's again an already stressful, complicated right. moving part job. Let's literally add a moving floor right. for everyone to go. <laughs> you're like if if in a regular musical where the stage is not moving if you're like one number off it's fine you can like get back to it but if you're one number off you could be like on the turntable and end up on the opposite side of the stage mm. I you just watch your partner get farther and farther away yep. from you you're like what's <laughs> right. happening <laughs> yes oh horrible uh what would you say is the most um i mean we've all had our fair share of onstage mishaps um i literally yes. fell off of a stage once and just had to hop <gasps> right back on no um, yep oh, gosh. it was a wardrobe decided to change the shoes i was wearing and oh, um, good. <laughs> they slipped but that's it was because they changed them that i ended up like slipping at the very at the lip of the stage and oh, fell gosh. luckily it was like a four foot drop okay uh, so that's it wasn't terrible but yeah still four feet <laughs> yeah just like scrape the back of my thigh and then just like and we're gonna hop right back up oh. and you know you heard a little Ouch. gas from the audience like and then like nope we're going back we're going back yeah but what's been uh <laughs> right show must go <laughs> i've had props roll off the stage before and just be like okay oh, yeah. we're gonna improvise and make this a funny moment um oh, yes <laughs> yeah gosh i haven't i haven't it's been quite a while since i've done i've done theater i've crossed over to yeah. the dark side of television and film <laughs> and whatnot um but what would you say is maybe the most 
not the worst, but those most memorable um, on stage mishap. Oh gosh, that you've either, so it's either many. happened to you or that you've seen. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the most memorable was, okay, so during West Side Story, mm-hmm. I, I was playing Arab and my husband was playing Baby John. And that's how we met. We met on the West Side Story tour. <laughs> um, and so the scene right after the ballet sequence, it goes right into Officer Krupke. And there was a show where we come on stage and we do our whole scene. It's just the two of us on stage. We're like the youngest two jets and we're like really scared the whole time. And then what should happen is you hear a, like a police whistle and then Officer Krupke comes on. There's a little scene there. And then he goes off stage and you start the number Officer Krupke. So there was a show where Officer, Kru- Officer Krupke was out and his understudy was on and his understudy forgot that he was on for that track. And he was in the company management office, not in costume, just hanging out. And so then we get to the end of our scene, we should hear a police whistle. We don't hear a police whistle. And then we have to improv a scene. We like look off stage and the stage managers are just holding the props that we take from Officer Krupke. Like we take his hat and his like baton and to start the, uh, the number Officer Krupke, we had to just improv a scene, which felt like 45 minutes um, <laughs> to get into this number where you're like, you don't, where, where does that come from? Just doing a number called Officer Krupke when you don't have Officer Krupke. It was very, very stressful. But, um, and Alan Menken was in the audience. He was like in the fifth row of the audience. And if you don't know who Alan Menken was, he wrote your entire childhood. Just like, right. look up any <laughs> Disney movie or anything right. and you'll see his name. Um, it's either so that, Alan or Alan John. It's one of the other. <laughs> I mean, really though. <laughs> um, so that, that's probably one of the most like memorable, because again, it felt like 45 minutes of like doing an improv exercise with a paying audience of 1,500 people. <laughs> oh my God. I can't imagine. Uh <laughs> Oh, geez. I think I had something slightly similar. I, I was in a production of Annie and uh-huh. um, I was playing Drake and for, mind you, I was in the, I was, in, I was on the other side of this. They had to improvise because I forgot Uh-oh. <laughs> um, in entrance. Something was happening backstage that like grabbed my attention. I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Um, but then I hear silence over the monitors and I was like, oh God. And then I run and grab my silver tray with the locket and come like, <laughs> you know mr warbucks this message just came in from me from the fbi uh <laughs> but yeah that was i've never felt so terrible because oh, i gosh. know that even if it was 10 seconds on stage it felt like half an oh, hour yeah. of sure, silence sure. that dead air it's like as if time isn't a concept to us anymore right now during that's nope. what it felt like on stage yes. oh my gosh 100 <laughs> percent. every second is just like an hour yes uh, <laughs> um so you actually left college to do the national tour of, of West Side Story. Was, I did. I, I'm sure there was all these mixed feelings because we're all very excited to go to, to, go to college and yeah. to have that experience. And then this massive opportunity comes along and um, you have to leave. So how did that feel? And um, was there yeah. any sort of um, fear from your family maybe? But then it's also like, but it's, an, it's a job. Like, you know. Right, right. So at the end of my freshman year, I was... Uh, I knew I was going to go to New York City to just audition and take classes. I just wanted to get like a, a good experience during the summer, not just like sitting at home. So I was in the city auditioning for things. And I actually ended up booking the uh, 
a tour. It was like a tour in China of fame. And I was like in the ensemble and I knew the choreographer and I got cast in that. And it was just like a month long tour. And so I asked school um, if I could leave for, for one month and then come back and just restart. And I would do classes abroad and they said no. And so I ended up turning that tour down. Um, And then the next week I got the audition for this West side tour. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in and see what happens. I'm non-equity going in for a first national equity tour. Like who, it's just a long shot. I'm just going to go in for it. So I went in and I got to the end of the last day and they were like, the five, the five of us were in the room that they were looking for five replacements on the tour. And they were like, you are our new Jets, congratulations. And so I was like, okay, that like, is that just to be excited? I was like, do I have a contract? Cause I was supposed to move back into college like I think one week later. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make the decision. And so I went to school and I was like, can I take a year off and come back just as my, like at the beginning of the sophomore or sorry, what would be my junior year, but come back as a sophomore. And they actually said, no, they were like, if you leave, you have to come back as a freshman and you'll lose your scholarship. So I was like, oh gosh, okay. So long story short, I ended up taking the contract. And then once the tour ended, I told my parents, they were like, go on the tour, do what you need to do. Cause that's, you're going to school for that. So um, I did it for a year and then I was, kind of gave myself the ultimatum of like, okay, I'm going to move to New York. And if nothing happens for a year, I will look into going back to school, going home and working out something, but I'll give myself a year to kind of give a test run in New York before going back to school. Uh, And thankfully, knock on wood, in my first first month in New York, I ended up booking Newsies. Um, So I, I had a very, very lucky, easy, path into not having to make that hard decision of going back to school. Um, but yeah, my, my parents were very, very supportive of, of my decision while also being apprehensive of, they were like, well, we think you should get a four-year degree. There are a lot of jobs that if anything happens, you have a four-year degree and they were pretty passionate about that. But when I, again, like knock on what I was in the right place at the right time, I kept booking the next job. They were like, okay, this is clearly working out for you right now. So do this for as long as you can. And then maybe look into going back to school at another time. So uh, yes, they were, they were very, very supportive, but it was a, it was a hard decision to, to figure out what I was going to do. So it's, it's uh, interesting to hear that they were still very encouraging sort of on both sides. Like, okay, you got the job, do the job and then consider going back because you know, our parents, and I hope every actor listening understands this and, 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 and realizes this, that, you know, your parents love you and uh, this industry is very scary and there's a lot of uncertainty. So they want you to have a good fallback plan. 100%. Um, I got my degree in theater arts uh, from a community college and then ended up working in like music education and all these other related fields, but that could be a decent safety net. Right. Um, and that was always sort of a, a sigh of relief for, for my family, you know, working mm-hmm. class immigrant family. And they're just like, you want to be an actor? What? No one else in our family knows anything about, isn't it all about who you know? And you don't know anybody. Like, <laughs> Right. Gosh. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah. that and 
everybody's path is so, so different. Absolutely. So don't think that if you don't go to a mus- a school for musical theater, that you're not going to be on Broadway. I sat next to a guy in Matilda in the dressing room who went to school for pharmacy and just kind of sang and danced for fun and then did a, a summer sock gig and then auditioned for Matilda and has now been on Broadway twice. So nobody's path is is the same. So whatever whatever you need to go to school for, do that and work hard at whatever you need to to do that profession. And if you want to sing and dance on the side, sing and dance on the side. You know, <laughs> community theater and, and and local theater thrives on those people exactly, the ones that have their nine to five and then they still Absolutely. keep their passion alive by doing a show on the weekends or yes. during the summertime. And and you know that that arts community is still so so important. I um really bothers me when when people sort of look down on local theater they're like oh, a no, bunch of amateurs no, no, no. and i'm like excuse me you're paying like 15 dollars to see the show like right. let's calm down you know yes <laughs> and like so many times i have been blown away by like local theater absolutely because it's those people that grew up doing theater in high school but then they went um for the more logical and safety uh, and safe route with uh, sure. a traditional 95, but then they've still got these killer pipes, killer mm-hmm. dance moves. And I'm like, okay, all right, I see you. Yep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, what would you say was maybe one of the biggest challenges that you faced, um, whether early on or maybe later or, um, or during COVID? Because I know a lot of us are sort of struggling to keep those creative muscles, um, you know, working and it hasn't been particularly easy for a lot of people and yeah i mean especially for 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 theater actors because they're used to working so frequently like when you're you know when you're under contract it's every day when you're doing tv it's like a day of work here a day of work there sure it's a, a bit different but what would you say is one of the biggest challenges you've um faced i mean definitely the rejection as as i've mm. definitely been very very fortunate and i have been very I've been successful, which I'm, I consider to be very, I'm very lucky for that. Um, but in between all of those yeses, there are so many more no's. You, you have to have a thick skin as much as we need to be thin skinned with like showing vulnerability in an audition. You also have to be so thick skinned of there are for every yes, you get a hundred no's or 150 no's. There's, it's, it's a hard business. There's a lot of people and at the end of the day, everybody in the room is talented. Everybody can sing, everybody can dance, everybody can act. So getting, facing that rejection is definitely not easy. You're like, oh gosh, I, I, I really wanted that job. Um, so kind of like letting your mind, just like saying to yourself, like I have to, whenever I go into an audition, I have to go in with the mindset of like, I'm doing this because I love to do it and not because I need this job because that will read to the people behind the table. Um, so that, I mean, that's definitely like a, one of the challenges I've faced is rejection. Um, but I mean, I know everybody, everybody kind of faces that in this industry because it's a hard one. Yeah, they're unfortunately <laughs> as, as talented as everyone in the room can be, there aren't enough roles to go around everybody. Absolutely. It's not like in, um, <clears throat> it's not like in, you know, when you're in high school or whatever, they have an ensemble of like 60 people. <laughs> right, right. Where they're making up roles or, 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 or things like that, you know. To... Yeah, 70th tree from the left. 
and I I've been there. I'm always the joke. No, right. of course, but <laughs> everyone, you know, they're like, oh, my first show, I played the river or I was yes. the third cloud or the second <laughs> turkey at Thanksgiving. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> we all absolutely. start the same way. <laughs> yes, we do. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> especially because so much of, and, and I love, and I hope that this, I don't know if it has changed, but uh, I hope it doesn't or hasn't. Um, but when, you know, with how much of, no matter where you go to school, everyone does those little shows and those little plays when they're little. And that's Absolutely. a little spark. That's like, I like this. I like making people laugh. I like yeah. when people like, when I get to be silly and they clap and, and I make mm -hmm. people, you know, laugh and, and whatnot. That yeah, is I, like the, the little first seeds planted into so many actors minds. hundred percent. Or I saw a production of beauty and the beast and at intermission, they had just finished be our guest and I was like, just like heart eyes at the stage. And my dad was like, that's what you want to do, right? And I was like, yeah, I want to <laughs> dance. I want to be one of those forks dancing. And he was like, wait, you just saw a number where there was like, there's Cogsworth, there's Lumiere, there's the Beast, there's Gaston. You want to be a dancing fork? And I was like, yeah, I want to be a dancing fork. So I haven't gotten to do Beauty and the Beast yet, but one day I will be a dancing fork. <laughs> I, I love that. That's so cute. There's no small parts. The, absolutely. You know, everyone gets a paycheck. It's a, you know, everyone makes their yeah, living absolutely. in that show. Um, yeah, Beauty and the Beast was uh, was a game changer for me too. That's the first show I ever saw on Broadway in the oh, sixth grade. That. And um, I already loved Disney. I loved Aladdin, especially because I was like, oh my God, yeah. there's a brown kid on this. It's like me. Like what? Absolutely. Um, you know, that's when, when we talk about representation, that's the big one. And I'm like, I had no other, all these Disney princes were very yeah, cute, but they were white. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't see myself in them. I'm like, but Aladdin, he's cool. I like him. Like Aladdin's the normal cute. everyday troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, when I saw Beauty and the Beast, I was just like in love when, when that overture started and that, yeah. that theme comes in. And, and I was just like, Completely. And it was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. I'd never really seen anything outside of my grade school. So just yeah. like the magic of the transformations and the castle and all of this, I was just like completely blown away. And um, Absolutely. I mean, if I can't love her is in my book, that's like, you know, that's like my jam. Yes. That's hopefully, yes. uh, you know, hopefully that's out there in the future. If they ever revive that show, that's a very expensive show. So. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> actually I've heard, I've heard rumors of it really? coming back. I oh, have. Boy. If you're like me and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'd probably love listening to audiobooks. And the best place for that is Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. Titles range from popular literature, fiction and biographies to health, wellness, and everything in between. For a free 30-day trial, visit audibletrial.com actors for a free audiobook. Once you become a member, you get one credit for an audiobook each month, as well as two free exclusive Audible originals. I highly recommend that all of my actors and artists listening check out the audiobook for The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, written and narrated by Jenna Fisher, best known for playing Pam on The Office. Jenna gives an in-depth look in her career, from fresh-faced Hollywood newcomer to struggling actor to the star of a hit network television show. She also has a ton of survival advice and guidance for actors tackling this crazy industry. You can check out Jenna's book and tons more by signing up for a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash actors.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you mentioned uh, before that you have started um, teaching on Zoom and, and slowly sort of doing it a bit more in person. Yeah. Um, was that something that was always sort of in the back of your mind, like not just performing in the arts, but also um, sort of passing the torch and teaching it to, uh, to younger, to younger uh, performers? Yeah, when I, when I danced, like when I grew up dancing back, I mean, I, once I was in middle school-ish high school, I started kind of being like the, an assistant teacher for the little, little kids. And I always really liked that. Um, and then when I did West Side Story, I taught a couple classes while I was on the road and I really liked it. And I kind of, I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher or a choreographer because choreography didn't come uh, quickly to me. So I didn't really think that that was going to be on my trajectory at all. But over time, I've really, I've come to really like teaching and choreography. Um, I've choreographed shows, I've choreographed like numbers for dance studios. Mm. Um, and I really, I really love, like you said, like passing the torch and like kind of sharing my passion of, of dance and theater to kids who love dance and theater. So that's been really a really fun kind of like secondary uh, career. Mm. I love that because, you know, um, like we were saying before, sort of like passing the torch to um, the younger generations and, and sort of passing on what we've learned and also um, hopefully create new work uh, with them and keep those kids Absolutely. inspired because I'm sure they heard just like a lot of us have heard when we're younger, it's not a safe career path, which is something else. So right. to have like, hey, I'm a professional. I do this for a living. You can do this for a living too if you really Absolutely. set your mind to it and you get the right training and the experience and you really just like hustle for it. Um, Absolutely. And that was can, one, one thing yeah. when I was on West Side, I was 19 when I was, or yeah, no, I was 19 when I was on West Side. So that was really cool to be on a national tour and go to colleges and say like, this is totally possible. Like I'm, I am your age. So if you work hard and you are in the right place at the right time this is totally totally possible like i didn't think like i didn't grow up with like the most incredible dance training i wasn't like a a ballerina or anything but i'm like i've worked my butt off and you can be here as well so that was really cool to like be the same age as the people that i was teaching um and just like kind of like again for the fourth time pass the torch <laughs> I love that. It's um, I think it's something that's really important that I hope that um, you know, with um, a few of the rehearsal studios and and teaching spaces in the city sort of closing because mm -hmm. leases are up and they're not making enough. You know, obviously they couldn't really operate their businesses in the right way. Um, during all the closures and whatnot, I hope right. that you know someone else comes along and is able to keep um that sort of energy and that sort of um, opportunity and uh, for education open for Absolutely. a lot of people, not just education for the kids, but also uh, work opportunities for the dancers who are probably in between gigs or right. 
you know, teach in the morning and then go do your show at night. Um, what would you say, are there any sort of like misconceptions that you may have had about the industry when you were sort of going into it? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. the the title or like the word Broadway has like, is like on such a pedestal of like Broadway is perfect. And don't get me wrong, I am, I have been very lucky and I feel very lucky to say that I have been on Broadway that I will never, that can never be taken away from me. And that is, I am so, so grateful for that. But Broadway, like it's still live theater. Things go wrong. There are still people, unfortunately, that like consider it, like they don't want to be there. There's still people that have like side jobs on, on the side. So it's as much as it is like Broadway is the, end goal for some people. There are so many other opportunities that are, I've had just as much fun performing in at a regional theater or something smaller than I have performing at a Broadway stage. So don't ever think that like, if I don't make it to Broadway, then I didn't make it, which I was like in my head when I was young, I was like, I want to be on Broadway. Like, that's what I want to do. Broadway or nothing. But there are, so, again, there are so many incredible opportunities that I've had that have not been on Broadway that have been like choreographing for a community theater and I had the best time doing it so don't think that if you don't make it to Broadway that's not like being successful the title Broadway is not the like successful or not successful yeah for yeah um I've I've noticed that quite a bit with um with a few actors I'm kind of active in the um in the online like acting communities like on reddit and, and things like that a lot of uh-huh. young actors will post that um they have a reel and they want feedback or like what's a good audition song for this or what's a good monologue for this kind of role yeah um and a lot of times young kids will post like i have no interest in doing theater i only want to do this i'm like you're shutting down you're in new york you're shutting down an entire right. massive chunk of the entertainment industry like this industry pigeonholes us already right um, we shouldn't do it to ourselves. And, um, and like you said, like I had the, you know, I started musical theater and grew up doing a lot of like um, local and, and some smaller stuff in Connecticut. And um, with that sort of mindset of like, I want to perform on Broadway one day, but I ended up doing, you know, the screen stuff because that's mm-hmm. just the opportunity that came my way. And thankfully I didn't have that mindset of sort of saying, or of, uh, of thinking like, well, I don't want to do that. Broadway is all I want to do. It's like, there's so much opportunity. And um, I think it's really important for young actors, especially to be open to all of the opportunity that could possibly come your way because, you know, you might be doing a tiny off-Broadway play or an off-Broadway, like a six-person musical. And there's an agent, like a commercial agent in the audience and they want to represent you. You're not going to tell them, oh, I don't want to do commercials. I only want to do theater. Like, what? Like, (laughs) don't, you know. And and it just blows my mind sometimes that that kind of stuff does happen. They're like, oh, well, I don't really like doing that because then, okay, interest is off. They right. Your mind seems made up. So gotta be open to all of it. Um, have there ever been any sort of like eye-opening experiences um, while you were either in a show or in rehearsals um, for a show? Whether it was sort of like about like the production process or um, working with more well-known actors. Um, when I read that question, I was like, have there been eye-opening experience? I feel like it's like such a 
this this industry is such a like learn as you go. So I, as much as I would say like my my same answer of like just because it's Broadway doesn't mean I because when I before I made my Broadway debut I I put Broadway on a pedestal of like oh my gosh it's going to be perfect and it's because it's Broadway and Broadway it's Broadway caliber and blah 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 but there I've done shows with people that are not the most grateful and not the most professional and so thinking like okay when it gets when I get to be on Broadway it's going to be perfect it's going to be better than this um but unfortunately that's not always the case yes I've had incredible experiences with people on Broadway but just knowing that like if you're like okay I am doing uh community theater right now but like I need to stop doing this because these people aren't taking it seriously and I'm gonna when I get to Broadway it's gonna be a hundred percent like professional um and that's unfortunately not always the case so that was kind of eye-opening to me to be like oh wow this some people don't are, are taking this for granted and are taking the, the quote unquote fame of like Broadway for granted. And that was like, that was sad to me uh, to like realize, but, um, but again, I've done, I've done shows with people that are grateful for uh, the success that they've had. And I like those, those experiences a lot, a lot more. Yeah. I uh, I can't imagine, you know, it's, um, yeah, because like, like we were saying before, everyone's sort of path is different and everyone's sort of mindset and outlook on their careers is different. And it's, um, right. yeah, it can be very disappointing when um, someone that you either looked up to or someone that you hoped right. you could look up to um, has this very sort of negative or um, Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe slightly twisted um, point of view about life or, or their career or opportunity or the industry itself. Like, um, goodness, I've, I've known quite a, a lot of people who are just constantly bitter yeah, <laughs> about absolutely. this industry. And it's like blaming uh, the industry for mm-hmm. their lack of success or lack of opportunity yep. and not to point fingers at them <laughs> and be like, well, you know, I, so I'm very big, um, especially having done a little bit more of the, the screen stuff. It's very more, uh, it's much more type specific. I feel like with theater, sure. it's like, are you the ingenue or the character actress? Are you the leading right. man? Or, the, you know, it's a bit more broad, but with mm-hmm. um, commercial and, and film and television, it's, it's much more specific. So I know people that are like, oh, I'm the boy next door. And I'm like, when's the last time you saw something with a boy next door? Right. <laughs> it's not the nineties anymore. Like, uh, or, you know, they'll be like, um, I'm the ingenue. And I'm like, that doesn't really like read the room. Look at what's right. in theaters right now. Look at what's on right. Netflix. Those characters right. don't exist anymore. Those are yeah. a different, that's what we grew up watching, but those don't <laughs> exist anymore. So like right. when someone brands themselves as that, and I'm like, they're looking at your, your headshot or the, the, the reel with the, the scene that you wrote and shot yourself, which looks great, but like, but then you're blaming the industry. You're blaming, it's like, right. no, there's something that, there's so many little things you can do and tweak yep. here and there that, will, that can get you toward that sort of next step. And, um, 100%. you know, we can only control all our auditions um, right. and where we go to audition. And then the whole casting process is completely out of our hands. So right. for us to blame anything about the audition on someone else is just like ludicrous. Right. There's so much that's out of our control. Yeah, and, and the one thing that be, is, is like the, the thing that people don't 
right right tweak themselves yeah. <laughs> like this is the yeah. one thing you're supposed to be in control of and you're not <laughs> like right. what's going on yep you gotta stay in class keep trying to improve yourself because there's always going to be somebody that can either dance better than you or sing better than you or can cry on cue or whatever like you always have to be pushing yourself to become a better version of yourself because again there you just you can't become complacent in your what you have in your skill set you just have to push yourself further yeah completely completely agree um, unfortunately, we're coming toward the end of our time. So we're going to put, okay. <laughs> uh, it's so funny because you're one of the, I think you're the second uh, guest I've had that's, that's been on Broadway. One of them was a writer and was also in the show. Um, oh, but yeah, it was um, the, the Clay Aiken and Ruben Studdard Christmas show from a yes, few years of ago. Course. Um, they, uh, yeah, they helped in the writing process. They were also in it, which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, you're kind of the first person that's done like multiple musicals. So I had to change some of my TV related questions. I'm like, oh, what's this oh, musical okay. instead? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're gonna put 90 seconds on the clock and we'll see oh, as gosh, many okay. as you can get through. Don't worry, no pressure. I'm we start nervous. with we start with the hard hitting <laughs> questions first. So coffee or tea? Neither. What? Oh my God. I I <laughs> uh, plays or musicals? Musicals. Hero or villain? Ooh, hero. Drama or comedy? Comedy, 100%. Favorite musical of all time? Uh, Hairspray. Have you ever had to cry at an audition? I have. Uh, what is your go-to audition song? Um, oh, gosh. Um, I love singing Ordinary People by John Legend. Uh, what is the worst side job you've had? Oh, gosh. Um, 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 oh, gosh. D- pass? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite accent to do and can we hear it oh my gosh i i I don't do accents um um new york (laughs) i'm terrible at this new york Um, (laughs) yeah new york right right uh (laughs) if you got to be in the revival of any show which would it be oh gosh hairspray okay uh what role did you have the most fun playing uh chistery in wicked uh, what is the most helpful book that you've ever read? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, you Are a Badass is one of my favorite. I have that on my shelf. I just got it. Uh, oh, what's the good. role that got away? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Uh, I'll say Hamilton. Gotcha. All right. And last question. In 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Don't give up. Push, push yourself and don't give up. And that is it for this week's episode of Actors with Issues with special guest Clay Rice Thompson, who you can follow on Instagram at Clay Rice Thompson and follow us at Actors with Issues. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Juan Ayala signing off.